0: Welcome to Runtime Reverie, episode six. Uh, here's Craig Sullivan and uh, Patrick Smith. Um, so I've just started work again. I have sort of been um, I've been taking taking a sabbatical, but uh, I've had to uh, go back to uh, the real world. And so I'm working with React again. And uh, turns out it's not it's not too bad. There's there's no surprise in that. That's where all the jobs are, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. There's just it's you know the, this client they were using uh, Vue before and then they've decided to basically throw that out and use um, Next.js. So yeah, it's um, it's 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 become the default. Like no one got fired for choosing React and no one got fired for choosing Next. So yeah.
1: I'm sure I could try. <laughs>
0: Cause, <laughs> cause
1: where there's a will, there's a way. But v- Vue had a, like a lot of mindshare, but I never really got into Vue that much. I don't know why. I think it's just because it wasn't better than React. It was an alternative, it's but different. sort of different sort
0: it of like, reminds like, you of Angular a bit, right? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I, yeah. I definitely like, like
1: avoiding Angular where I can. It's not my. Yeah, it's not my thing.
0: Have Have you seen like the There's a new. It's like Angular 27 or whatever they're up to. Like they're coming out and they're making it better, but I'm just like, oh, so much. I think they've reduced the boilerplate, but I'm like, yeah. mm, it's still I'm relevant sure because there's a
1: lot of apps still doing it. And the apps that were built with it were generally large and enterprisey. And, you know, the, it, it's hard to get off that. It's a concerted effort to to remove your Angular code base and do something in React. So it's no simple task. So there's always going to be jobs like COBOL programmers, I suppose, still there. Uh,
0: but you yeah, wouldn't, well, how, you wouldn't I wouldn't
1: choose it for something new, I wouldn't have thought.
0: The, the job market's harder, but uh, I thankfully haven't had to have chosen an Angular job. That Then I'd be really in hard times. So. But if you're doing something <laughs>
1: new, right, that's one of the reasons why you choose React, right? You don't necessarily always choose technologies in a vacuum just because of the technology itself. Like, you want people to work on it. You want to hire people to work on that. And so yeah. you, you sort of look around and you're going, well, where are all the people? And you're going, They've all got React skills. So finding React developers is a lot easier than finding, you know, an Elm developer, you know, or, or some other sort of, you know, small language, yeah. or even elixir developers, you know, you would have seen that too. Yeah. But yeah. you know, you go, all right, there's plenty of React ones. I don't. Is it the best or anything? It's pretty general purpose. I'm going to build great things in it, and there's lots of people, so you meet that business requirement moving forward, right? Whereas everything else is, you go, Oof, can I or can't I?
0: have you have you seen the i've been mean, i got a twitter addiction have you seen the partial pre-rendering i think that's what's called that, that Vercel came out with they had like a big keynote a couple of weeks ago There's, have you seen no that? i
1: haven't right? and i haven't actually followed a lot like i was on to on the early days right i remember yeah. we were both working at a consultancy at the time said we should get on this next day's thing it's really cool and everyone's just going we're and not then, and- touching
0: that it's And and um, now, like the Now CLI, when it came out, that was like a revolution because yeah. it's such a pain to deploy any Node.js yeah. app.
1: And it's still a good way to deploy a little hobby site for free, right? Like I, I love all of the Vercel stuff, but they've also gone, it's gotten bigger and larger and a lot of the features yeah. over time have gotten a lot more involved to the point where going, I don't need all of these sorts of things. So yeah. I don't follow it as closely as I used to when it was all really new and changing more dramatically it's getting more mature and more you know a, a little bit more set and the things that cause the controversy are obviously the things where they're pushing the boundaries out you know it's like the the app router mm-hmm. and those sorts of changes you know not always the smoothest thing but doing something great doesn't necessarily mean doing it smooth and getting there straight up
0: yeah well well they about a year or two ago they're really pushing edge rendering and they're sort of taking and they're sort of winding that back a little bit. They're not pushing that as hard now, which is interesting. That that's what this partial pre rendering it's sort of using edge rendering to get your initial HTML. But it's not really you're not really thinking, oh this particular route's running in a worker like running on the edge, sorry, or oh, this particular route's gonna be running in the Lambda. You just it's sort of like a blend of the two. Which is quite interesting. So, like the basically, yeah. my mental model is that the initial HTML will be rendered by the edge, and so you get the stuff that's not like that doesn't require any dynamic loading or anything like that, and then the lambda will basically take over and and do any um, anything sort of dynamic on the server, and then and then it streams down. Yeah. Well,
1: they've done a lot of stuff in the space of, like what I always loved about Next.js was that you would you know you do a build and it would either go to static or to lambdas depending upon whether it was dynamic or not but it was an all or nothing kind of thing so they've done a lot of changes in the partials where you know like if you want the banner whether you're logged in or not but the other stuff's always going to be static regardless you know like if you had a product page and an add to cart button that's going to be the same but the stuff with the cart button at the top is going to be different they've done a lot of stuff around those which i'm not fully up to date with but
0: it's yeah, because it, it was, Jamstack was a big thing a few years ago. And then and Vercel, when they rebranded it as Vercel, they went hard with the Jamstack branding because that, that was sort of a market, I guess. And I think they basically just, what's the Microsoft strategy of just like embrace and then extinguish or whatever. Like they basically, Jamstack doesn't really yeah, exist anymore.
1: It's just just a buzzword, right? For a lot of those things. Yeah. Like everyone loves coming up with an acronym, Right. They yeah. want <laughs> yeah. to come up with something new in that space. They always do, um, and there's, yeah. you know, like Paul's well, there's, the, there's the MERN stack. There were all sorts of ones too. Uh, it's just stuff. But I
0: have, to, I have to confess, I at the when I was teaching at the boot camp, one of the things we taught was the MERN stack. So,
1: <laughs> oh, well, I'll get you to explain it to me one day. But yeah, like it, it, you could see the change though, and it was really good where they. are they were originally Z, right and they rebranded off to versell after they got funding for it and, you know when you put in a lot of money and funding you've got to actually have that large return to pay it off right so for every million dollars you put in you want it to be making 10 million dollars coming out you know for the vc to just be happy with their gamble because their gambles don't always pay off they'll do so many and you need one to pay up big right you know technically they're not really going to be happy with the ten you know they want a hundred you know for that over the thing and Vercel worked right it's got to be a business and you need a business behind it to actually help pay people to innovate and they did well by buying great people and bringing them into that ecosystem which allowed that innovation to just steamroll forward
0: and open source developers they're basically they've chosen sort of key javascript open source developers and they're just like sponsoring them full time to work on their framework or
1: yeah and, and it's generally driven by the needs of the things that they want so i always love the fact that you know the builds weren't great and then they just hired jared palmer in and bought in his turbo pack and turbo repo and those sorts of things and you just go oh you know team caching's great you know let's bring that in but then you end up with other environments where you can or cannot necessarily adopt some of those things with ex you know the smaller the business the easier it is to adopt the larger the business when you start paying 20 dollars a seat for it Um, and you're in a credit crunch It's a much harder thing to get past the bean counters. You know, it's, it's hard. Uh, You know, you start saying a thousand developers and 20 bucks a seat on top of all the other things that they're sort of paying for, you know, it's hard. So I do like simplicity on a lot of things.
0: Yeah. It's interesting where they're going to go. I'm
1: surprised I never bought Expo into it, Like, it, it just seems like a natural acquisition for them.
0: Yeah. As the sort of react company
1: yeah so expo is basically the way i the way i explain what expo is like like the way Vercel wrapped up uh, react really well right and, and simplified all the complexities so you'd start off with create react app and you go oh which one is it and then you go oh people would always come up with like, do we eject or don't we and
0: yeah webpack
1: yeah go to web like all of those sort of buildy design time rendering into root those sorts of things Vercel just goes, you don't need to know about that, you know, and wrap that up into its framework over the top. Expo does the same thing for React Native, all right? And it, you know, React Native itself is like, in my mind, is the equivalent of the old sort of create React app sort of stage. All right, but then when you wrap Expo around it, it just wraps up that developer experience to be just so sweet and beautiful to use. All right? When I first looked at it, you just go, yeah, nah. But it's evolved so nice over time. It's really, really good. It's an easy decision to make. That you know, yeah, that developer experience where you press start, you'll get a little barcode on the screen. You scan it on your phone. It'll open up the app. Just lovely. You know, really good.
0: This do you, do you have to pay for Expo? Does that have a commercial? Model? It does have because a obviously...
1: commercial side to it as well. Like you can get your builds done in Expo, and it, it its finances are basically driven from that spot off from your application onwards you know so like builds tests those sorts of stuff shipping stuff to an app store is not straightforward uh some days yeah Uh, especially if you do something straightforward and easy and you ship it and then they go please explain why you did this here i don't know
0: (laughs) and then you've got to try and find the answers
1: and those sorts of things but you've got marketing assets and all of that sort of thing that you need to do like the descriptions
0: Oh, for the app the
1: app store. Um,
0: yeah, that stuff's crazy because yeah. you have to ideally, if you, you have to localize it and do in all the different device screen sizes. Yeah, and it's and not even it.
1: just the localization of the um the app itself; it's also the localization of the store of like, do we sell this yeah. in Guatemala or not? Exactly. Um, and you know, do you what? To... And
0: then you change. Oh crap! We moved that button, and then like, oh crap! We're gonna have to redo all the um, assets for the app store. It's
1: yeah. And, you know and there's simpler things like there's over the air updates with react native as well so it's it's sort of like you you've got the major version but if you've got a bug fix you don't have to ship a new version you can do an over the air update where it will bring javascript bundled down onto the running devices which is really handy um,
0: it's a benefit of having a scripting language yeah the app in apple
1: tends to not like you doing that uh with you know, if it's a bug fix they're all good with it if it's a feature Not too happy, so you try and steer clear of that. Whereas you don't have that concept with the Google Play Store because you just ship it so fast. Just
0: yes, it's it's like continuous deployment. Yeah, just send another version. Yeah, it's a much better way. Yeah,
1: not too sure what can check this. Apple just. I'm not too sure what gets checked there sometimes, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, the robots are stamping it. Look yeah, good, look good. It, it's there for good reason. It, it's got its pros, it's got its cons. Nothing's perfect, yeah. you know. I, the yeah. benefits outweigh the negatives, you know, of having that slower process in Apple. Um, it could be better. There's a lot of arbitrary stuff that goes on, you know, and they'll always come up as outliers. You might just get someone who's not quite even familiar with app stores on, on the Apple side rejecting things and... You know, the appeals process is not a, a solid sort of scenario. And I think a lot of it They're was just... sort of conflicting with a lot of the business processes of Apple too, like you're needing to have Apple Pay, you know, you mm-hmm. needing to have, yeah, you know, in-app purchases. You know, they didn't like free apps for a little while where, you know, despite what they say yeah. publicly, they mm-hmm. really didn't want them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's... No, Apple have just shot themselves in the foot. They... It's like they need a... Have regulation or something come in to like save themselves because the you know the, obviously native apps on the iPhone are pretty good, but it's just yeah, it's a pain to develop. For.
1: Oh, the developer experience in Apple is a lot better than Android.
0: Oh really? Like with Xcode? Yeah,
1: well, and especially with React. No, Xcode's horrible. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I hate Xcode. Yeah. Okay. Just getting an update, and they just throw out all the old simulators. And you're just go oh, now oh. nothing works at all. Like, I just don't like it. Expo gets rid of Xcode for the large degree. Like, you don't have to open it. I just go into VS Code. Okay. I do my editing, uh, do NPM start, get my barcode, have it on the phone. I, like, literally, I'm developing on a phone, an app on the phone, using it on the phone, and it's hot reloading the whole time. But technically, you've got two computers on it, right? The phone's your computer running just that app. And your computer is actually just running the compilation and and steps and things like where you actually want the whole CPU on that task. And the whole CPU on the phone is on the actual running the app task so much faster, yep. so much better. I said, you should also try the desktop stuff like you can build good desktop apps with React Native now as well.
0: Well, I can, I can, I can build a Mac app desktop. Obviously it's not going to deploy to windows, but I can do that already. Yeah, so yeah. No, no, I no. Micro-
1: Microsoft are the ones who actually produce the support for apple yeah like the world has changed dramatically i remember when microsoft was you know the bad guy apple was the good guy yeah. right and now it's like you know microsoft is the open source champions and apple's you know the closed shop uh people yeah and they didn't want to support yeah. any of this stuff it wasn't that worth their while or anything But <laughs> microsoft were the ones who put out the react native for apple as well as windows you know write your application mm-hmm. you can have it in two spots and I still think it's better than your electrons and a lot of the other sort of ways you can do it
0: yeah i mean i guess i'd probably prefer to build a react native app for desktop than an electron app because this is going to be faster but um yeah i I don't know i'm pretty pretty comfortable i'm a little bit rusty but i'm pretty comfortable like writing swift so that's but yeah obviously then it's only just for the mac so that's a smaller market um, because
1: expo will give you the web as well the web, yeah. So you got um, Expo Web. Uh, there's React Native Web, right? But um,
0: yeah, Expo is a real simple sure. and uh, Twitter, Twitter was using that. I don't know if it was a good idea.
1: Twitter, Twitter experience, let's just say pre Elon, was really good, right? Like you would go yeah. onto the desktop app and on your browser, and the app would be have the same features, right? They were in pretty yeah. much sync. You could post on one, you could post on the other. Can I upload photos i want to get up messages it was all there because the code base was in one spot and shipped in two ways there was probably a lot of if else's underneath there like if platform is web then do the web style of doing things like mm-hmm. it's hard to have like a bottom tab navigator with the icons on it in the yeah. web because you know you got a big page and a big monitor and you've just got like an icon here there and one right over there on the right doesn't yeah. work right so you, you end up with different frames and things around it but Actually, the idea of just, it's going to sound old, write once, run anywhere, (laughs) actually is is achievable. And I'd like to do that where I'm working at the moment at doing, move it over to Expo, run, Mm -hmm. you know, the application, you know, build it all in there and then actually distribute it on the web as well. So that both things work, but there's obviously going to be differences you don't have did, native controls from iOS in Android. So there's always going to be differences there. And those native controls like calendar pickers don't exist on the web easily. Yeah. You know, you're always off for something.
0: Like Perpetual that. problem. Yeah.
1: Why do we not have like calendar pickers?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you need the first sale of calendar pickers that will become a billion-dollar company. Yeah, and you're just
1: going, oh, look at that. It's nearly a meg to download your site. You go, yeah, but 900K of it is just the calendar picker.
0: <laughs> yes yes i know i'm exactly you, know, you just
1: start adding things into it to polyfill out so the web can still do with some nice native stuff to make it as slick cool. as the apps and apps are much slicker to use i think these days
0: well one webby thing i do like that i think translates well to um mobile apps maybe desktop apps is like um is links like you're in routing like do you use routing because like iOS has this concept and I think Android as well, has this concept of a deep link in in, in Appland. And it's like you're adding this thing on after, like this deep link so you can go directly to, you get a notification, you can deep link to what it's um, being notified about. But like on the web, we already have, like the URL has to be there to have any page really. Um, So is Expo sort of usually like URL it's got the same
1: thing, right? So you've got um, deep links within it. Actually, when you make, with the current version of Expo, the navigation hierarchy is actually the same as what you would build in Next.js, kind of, right? Where you'd make okay. pages. Yeah, cool.
0: right? I think that's good. And so,
1: like, you yeah. do make a folder, like they have bracket tabs, and then you've actually got all the tabs down the bottom now, right? You make a, some folder yeah. underneath there, like home, my account, you know, hmm. all good. Now I've got two icons in there for those two things, and you, you just configure what those icons should be. But that you could then go forward slash home, and you're landing on yep. that particular one, or if I got a sports social account, I'm landing on that one. But linking is a little bit more complicated with the apps because you might not have the app installed, right? So yep. you might be on the web or I've emailed you a link, you click on it, it's gonna to go to the web, right? And if you're on the website, like on a desktop, it'll open it up in the web, right? And you want it to land on the yep. same page. If you're yep. on your phone and you clicked on it in the browser, it goes, hey, does, does the app exist in which case ask them if they want to open the app if it's not then you want to send them to the download page for them to download it and then after they've downloaded it and got signed up then you want to put them onto the right page right so there's other services as well it feels super seamless when it's done right but it's really complicated
0: yeah, because you can, so often I find that will happen or, or just I'm just trying to open the app and I sort of know there's a web app experience, but like on my phone, it'll just take me to the app store listing for that app and just wants me to hit download and then you have to wait for it to download. Then you have to like kind of like, take a few steps back and then get it to do it again. Cause like the app's there. So then you want it to activate the link, but with the, the app in place and it's just really clunky. Well, be, and it makes me just realize. The
1: raw functionality, like when you start layering extra yeah. things onto it, it gets even worse, like analytics. And you want to see which URLs yeah. are more popular. You got to do tracking code yeah. within those sorts of things. And you end up doing third party services sometimes like branch yeah. does a good um, deep linking sort of service. Uh, if you want to do referral yeah. links, Right, yep. and you want to attribute that to a particular marketing campaign. So, some influencer said something, and it's all coming in. You want to have that come yep. in. Then, how do you attribute the sign up to that original link they clicked on? And yep. there's a lot of moving parts that start to layer on on top of it that makes navigation in apps particularly quite difficult compared to web. But you also want to have that seamless across those channels.
0: It just it just made me realize I haven't realized this before, but like that it, on your phone it's it is clunky to have this app that you've never installed. Like trying to get that thing set up is like still a pain in the ass. And but on desktop, because what Apple did was that they took the iOS app store because the iOS app store was like massive for the iPhone. Obviously, like enabled that device to succeed massively and then they just like ported it to the mac as the mac app store yeah. and the mac app store has always been a bit sad and i think they just expected it to be like well there's a winner here so it'll be a winner there but it's made me realize on desktop often like a desktop web app is often better because you don't have to install the bloody thing no one wants to see the mac app store listing page and then you have to like click the install thing and then wait for it and then then like get it to sort of deep link that's just it's a horrible experience it,
1: it depends on the the use case, right? So there, there yeah. are some things you go like a news page, right? You just want to read the news and go on, right? And go, hey, you should download yeah. it out. Go, I don't care. Um, yeah, I exactly. don't want it, right? But if you take something like yeah. Slack, you can use Slack in your browser and you go, I don't want the browser. Give me, Wrap it up into an app for me and download because I just want it always there. you know. And then there's others yeah. that you just go, the desktop makes no sense. Like all forms of dating apps and those sorts of things. You want that on your phone right because that's the thing finance is one of those things yeah. where finance tends to work 90 percent better on the phone but you still want the web every now and then and even in the space where i'm at there's regulatory requirements yeah. that say you must have a web presence because it's all written into the legislation right yeah in right. order to download your statements and things from from the web in some jurisdictions so hmm. yeah it starts getting fun when you just start getting competing people, forcing certain bits of control and some add extra friction in for good measure. Like there's no reason. Yeah. So the reason like when you go and click on a deep link to open your app, right. And, and it asks you is because you've got people who would just always magically open stuff. Right. So you, you just want to yeah. prevent, bad people. So bad people ruin all the fun things. Uh, and so there's necessary friction that you've got to add in for bad people who are around there.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we w- we won't talk about regulation. We'll we'll wait for our men to do yeah. this again.
1: Before we... No, look, it, it's it's above my pay grade. I, I can't influence um, acts of Congress or Parliament in any country. Um, and I, I just <laughs> I just work with the cards I'm dealt.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: But you've been you've been out of React for a while. It's actually but I think the benefit of React over the years is that it's evolved. Right. And it keeps pushing. So it would have been quite different from when you last looked at it.
0: Vercel are making a massive bet with um, this app directory. But the current uh, client is using it. So they just recently adopted Next.js. It's still using the pages directory, yeah. which is fine. It's that it's just that they've implemented at the moment client-side fetching of data. So it's just not going to work yeah. with SEO. So we're going to have to redo that bit. Um, so app directory would be make that easier but app directory is still pretty immature in a lot of ways Um, i
1: think it's a lot better than what was there before it right so you use you know different routers and those sorts of things like there was always a static directory of sorts in Next.js, but yeah I, i think what they've got is better than what they had and you know to try and push the boundaries a little bit further you end up with some rough edges that they just tend to sand down a little bit over the next few iterations you know if there's one thing about developers, they do like complaining, um, so they'll have a lot of feedback, and then they work on it. and I'm glad they don't take it personally. Uh, but yeah, the end product it actually evolves on a regular basis. But it's kind of funny that we talk about, you know, asked about React, and you're going, "Oh yeah, Versel." You know, it's like it swallowed that ecosystem quite dramatically when it was a Facebook thing, you know, and then Facebook basically disappeared out of the picture. You don't talk about React in terms of Facebook much these days, but you've got other companies that have spun up and pushed those boundaries quite dramatically.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited to, I'm excited to see where it goes and I've done react for like a decade. So I'm not saying I'm like, uh, there'd be some stuff, um, yeah, a bit rusty on, but, um, yeah, it's just, it, it's interesting the sort of two modes, client side rendering server side rendering, yeah, you sort of have to choose. The, the app directory definitely will make that easier. But um, we
1: overcomplicate what we build anyway, you know. I've always said, give me any technology and I can build some bad software in it.
0: (laughs) Challenge accepted. Yeah.
1: Like you look in your own commits, right? You go back, you go, who wrote this? And you look, oh, that was me, (laughs) right? Oh, it must have been the early days. No, it was only six months ago. (laughs) (laughs) It's terrible. You know, I haven't stood the test of time. While you go back, you tidy it up. But maintaining a good, simple code base, I think that's what React can give you. Of you know, if you if you're a clear thinker, then it's good. If you use everything that comes out, it's going to be an absolute basket case to work with.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's a few use effects I've seen in the code base. There's no use memo. Ah, there might be a couple. There's no like that that sort of stuff gets really complicated. But um, yeah, maybe it's a topic for another day. (laughs) Uh, I, yeah, the um, because you know how in um,
1: see, I'm surprised you called it memo. I always thought it was memo. So now I prefer Memo because it just reminds me of, you know, finding Memo, the movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, finding Mimo. Finding Mimo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, there
1: it is in the code there. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I, I, I think we should do an analysis on, on large code bases of the number of occurrences, you know, so like, you know, obviously when people go to do use memo, they're, they're trying to optimize stuff and things and you just go, do you really need it? Is there or is it a symptom of something else? And often exactly, you, you can get rid and of it.
0: So and yeah. it's so hard to, it's so hard. If you don't have the, all the props be like consistent, like to stay the same, like that are passing in, which is going to render every time anyway. So it's just actually um, extra overhead. Yeah. So unless you do it exactly right, you just sort of, it's really just wasteful to have mm-hmm. it. And it like makes the code more complex. Yeah. I, I, I think a good analogy that I've realized is, have you read the article, the function coloring problem? No. With like a sync. There's this article, I'll send it. Um, yeah. The, it's like, hey, when you've got a sync await, then you've got like some functions that are like normal, synchronous, and then you've got these async functions. And then the, you have this problem when you compose them, like a uh, normal function wants to call in a sync function. the the one that's calling it has to become a sync as well. So yeah, like, yeah, the yeah. like starts to bleed throughout. Yeah. So that's, that's, but it's sort of invisible in a way. And I feel like the memo is similar cause it's sort of invisible. There's nothing in TypeScript saying like, Hey, this component expects the props to be consistent, but that's what you're doing by using react.memo or, you know, in a dot use memos, you can do that as well, or even use effects with dependencies. sort of having that contract but it's not explicit at all like it's all sort of implicit and yeah and that's what makes it really really difficult to to debug i think um
1: that for me one of the secret sources to having a good code base is actually custom hooks right so is what using writing your own custom hooks so rather than using the lower level ones you you make them a bit more domain specific and raise them up a little bit so instead of like putting in a use effect hook for like a timer of some sort, you know, you could create, you know, just adopt that use interval pattern. Right. And the web has a lot of yeah. them out there that you can just sort of, all right, that's pretty much close to what I'm doing. Do that, add it to your custom hooks library and then everywhere where you need that sort of thing, it, you just use it, you know, go, all right, I want to do a countdown timer before I resend an SMS. I want it to count down from 10, nine, eight, your SMS should have arrived. I go use interval. And then it will just keep Mm -hmm. doing that re-rendering thing, you know? So the things that people often optimize away often, sometimes the features, if you, if you do it right. And especially if you do like uh, things that are domain specific, like a user account, right? That might Mm -hmm. actually just update in some sort of global state storage so that you've got your little icon, your name, in your pull down menu and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then any subcomponent, you just go use account or use profile re-render based on that. It just cleans everything up so much better.
0: It's declarative, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, because yeah, your actual code yeah. should be super simple to read, right? Just one glance, yeah. you know what it does, right? If yeah. it's above a certain length or whatever, it, it gets harder and harder to read, right? The longer it is. If it's, if it's a chapter of a book, you know, it's going to take you time to sort of go through and understand. And by the time you go through it, you've sort of forgotten what was earlier on in the start. If it's yeah. short, small, concise, you sort of know it. And that's that whole component-based design to where you want those components. You go, here's my page, and it does page things. Here's my, and it's going to put yep. the home page in there. Got cool. What's the home page component do? And you look at that and go, ah, it's just going to have, welcome Craig, you know, welcome Patrick, yep. you know, or you haven't signed up for our cool service, or, you know, this sort of thing to do it. And you see that just one-liners all the way down in that component, and then those components will then go and use those same things, and those hooks might live in all of them, but it just works.
0: Yeah, that's, I agree. That's where React works best, when it's, like, just um, just declaring the intent. Like, hey, just yeah. use these things or whatever, and you, just, you don't really think about how they work under the hood. And, like, same with the component tree, like the React elements, the JSX. It's just, it's just declaring the intent. Like, hey, when this bit's hidden, you don't render this bit or whatever, and you don't really think about, oh, okay, well, actually, for it to figure this out, it's going to have to do all this work. Like, that just don't try not to think don't try to optimize prematurely optimize that stuff because it's like my opinion if you're really that worried or if you have like a problem with that then just don't use react like maybe that part of the tree just you opt out of react and just take over the managing the dom yourself well simple, but if simple you try code and like, is often
1: performant code right exactly there's a high correlation exactly. between the two it's simple yeah. and it doesn't do much it's probably going to be fast you know, exactly. We try to make things complicated. Like there's that initial thing. So it's, even though I it's so simple, you know, small, simple components, yes. it's not simple to get to. It's really hard, you know, and often yeah. it's based upon your idea of what it is and your knowledge increases as you go through the task, right? And until you get to the end and you go, oh, yeah, I think I've got a good handle on it now. All my assumptions were pretty wrong all, all the way along. But you go, <laughs> yeah. hey, but it works. I'm going to ship it. You know? But then maintaining it is actually difficult. So coming back and just, reiterating and taking that extra step i think that's the difference between you know like a mid-level developer and a more senior or staff or principal level one is where people think they're finished is an often another person's start point you know so hmm. trying to get it back to that simple thing is how you get that good performance through it and if the pool isn't right it's normally easy to debug it's easy to find easy to solve, yeah, exactly. you know and you'll find you go hey it's... put a use memo in there it'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> right and yeah. the world is better yeah. but you don't put that in at the start you try and get it going without it
0: yeah exactly yeah exactly yeah if you try and do the clever thing oh I need two views refs and three use memos, and this will be perfect yeah. and yeah you just increase the you just like you're doing a daredevil stunt on yeah. a thing where you can fall off and hurt yourself so easily yeah. like it's sort of fun to do but We've
1: all had code bases, like I've had a lot of people say that it's a lot easier when all the code's in one file, right? And you go, no, 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 the components actually tell the story, right? So you're you're there to tell a story to the person who's trying to understand it going forward. And lucky enough, exactly, it's probably you, right, (laughs) later on. So it'll make more sense if you do that. When you start putting everything into certain spots and you lack that discipline of what goes where, then that starts that, that sort of like a corrosive effect on the quality of the code going forward. And it gets more difficult to move to the spot where you are going, how do I upgrade this? It's really hard, you know, because yeah. of some known reasons. You know, we've got like models that stop being models. You know, they start doing all the business logic within the models, you know, in backend mm-hmm. systems. Because it, it, it's easy just to whack it in into the wrong spot and have it work, ship it. I can close my card and the world is happy you know, um, yeah. but actually taking that extra time and going, no, it doesn't belong there. Pull it out, write a service object or something similar, depending on whatever architecture has been adopted, then it pays benefits in the long run. It lets you maintain velocity going forward. The other way, mm-hmm. you slowly degrade over time. It gets harder and harder to do a feature. Not I've been in code bases. Yeah, it's
0: entropy. Yeah, we
1: like you get a card, right, on some code bases and it doesn't matter what it is, the estimate is two weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, what just to change the label you go yeah i kid you not <laughs> it's that bad
0: yeah <laughs> yeah 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 well fortunately the current client i'm working for does not have that problem but um, yeah well if it's yeah, new as well be... like
1: um one of the like there's always spots to optimize like we put in Bi- biome js into a few little repos that we've got all
0: oh, right that's the rust yeah um... just the speed yeah, right. is
1: just phenomenal You know, so what um, you lack in a few features and a bit of um, flexibility and stuff, hmm. you just gain in raw speed, and that is actually so much nicer to have. Like as a developer experience, it's just good to have raw speed. So again, a little simpler, doesn't have all of the features that you possibly like could use in like ESLint or Prettier with custom rules and things. But I'll trade that off.
0: Give me. Yeah, chances are those custom rules are yeah are they offering that much value yeah, yeah. I don't know.
1: well vercel has their own linting rules hmm. and a lot of the frameworks have yeah. those sorts of things too but just getting that yep. developer experience right i think is the yep. best deliverable you can give out of any project more so than the actual code itself sometimes because it lets you make more code faster in the long run if you maintain a good hmm. developer experience
0: yeah yeah, cool. Well, that was that was awesome. So um, maybe we just maybe we should have more, just have a couple of us. But um, that was awesome. And um, hope I'm curious to know how this quality will um, come out. So if anyone's watching, let us know if it sounds and looks better than the what we've been doing before. But um, uh, do you have any picks, or should we wrap up? Actually,
1: I was looking at a thing called Sad Servers yesterday. I've never. It's okay. probably been around for ages, and I've just never seen it before. But it was of. Yep. Um, Debugging Linux servers, right? So, it's, okay. so like it says, uh, like leak code, but for Linux, right? And I hate leak code, right? That's that's a mm-hmm. topic in its own right of why it's so bad. But you know, just I love the concept of having something broken and then fixing it because that's half of our job. Oh and but I wish this existed for JavaScript now. So if there's something out there, I don't know, but I would love to be able to spin up a, a a code repository and some servers and things with some bugs in it and have those as tasks for people to learn the skills of actually writing better software. Uh,
0: so what it's spinning up a real server and then it's giving me it's yeah, something so wrong with the server. Yeah, so it'll so give you tasks
1: and say, Hey, spin up this server. The problem is, is it's uh, writing to the log files infinitely, or it can't get it to the oh. database server, and you log on and you try and solve that problem.
0: Bloody hard. Right? are you are you i would have i don't have the skills to do this Would do you have do you use you, your linux sort of stuff pretty good i know enough to fix the problem i'm on and then i think about okay. it and then
1: i google the answer again in, in two years time <laughs> oh, <nice. laughs> like, yeah, cool. all things is going hey do you know docker I go, i'd rather not say yes um i know enough to spin it up and then i spend the next couple of years building the thing on top of it and then you go oh, all right i need to double
0: oh it's like me, people ask me, do you know how to do email HTML templates? I'm like, uh, not really. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I just, just know use that tables. They're crap. <laughs> yeah, they're just, they're like the worst thing. Making HTML emails is like the worst thing ever.
1: Yeah, we we actually outsource that to a place that actually specif- specifically just does email templates. You go, you do that every day? It's money well spent, yours. here's the figma design knock yourselves out uh you know you got to know your limitations pat
0: just just don't view source after because you'll be just it'll be nested tables To yeah look
1: i know i know enough on these things to be dangerous and um i'm the reason role-based permissions probably exists you know keep him out of there um, you know, but I really wish there was something like this, you know, spin up a JavaScript application, yeah, you know, cool. and saying, oh, you know, like with React, you know, those mistakes where you get, you put the wrong thing in the use effect hook and you end up in an infinite yep. loop of the thing going, you just go, yeah, spin it up that and just go, oh, there's something wrong here and have people who are sort of new to those things, just debug it and work it out, find their way to put, uh, you know, their skills in other areas, come to bear to something new and just learn that stuff um it might even be a better way to do job interviews because very rare do you yeah. go and do new you know you do a coding interview yeah. and they go here's a problem statement let's do something from new and you spend the first few minutes spinning something up from scratch and yeah. very rare do you walk into a place and they're going oh you get to build something brand new no nah. no you, go, <laughs> yeah, normally you exactly. get hired because there's a basket case of a code that you need to fix and it and it's all foreign to you and you don't know so you gotta get used to being uncomfortable and then yeah. I'd be better off to have a job interview and go, here's a list of bugs. <laughs> here's a list of bugs. Yeah, things.
0: exactly. Um, here's some, yeah. Pick some. <laughs> um, <yeah. laughs> it's sort of like, here's a Jira board of cards yeah. that need fixing. Here's some front
1: end. Here's some back end. Uh, pick one. You go, oh, I'll pick a few front and pick a few back end. Ah, you, oh, you must
0: be a full stack guy. You know? <laughs> yeah. There's a reason the job description said Java slash JavaScript. Yeah. We found our guy. Yeah.
1: Or, or, or you got you got thirty services all, all in some form of JavaScript, TypeScript, and then you got one in GoLang. You go, why, why oh was that? There? Ah, someone wanted to use GoLang for that service. You yeah. know, as an Elixir one, just all right. We need one Elixir guy. Any anyone <laughs> who takes that task, they get the job.
0: Nice. You're cool. I'd, I'd yeah, I'd love this. Oh yeah, maybe I'll. I don't know if I have enough bandwidth to create something like this for JavaScript, but maybe I'll try.
1: I, I think I just should take track of all the bugs i've ever created and just yeah, <laughs> and sure. over. They, could
0: look, they could look very fine have some very realistic examples yeah you
1: would probably find people going whoever writes this just keeps making the same mistake over and over and over
0: <laughs> all right well let's uh let's wrap it up i don't think i have um any pics but yeah looking forward to speaking next week
1: excellent all right chat soon